In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up everyone? How are you? Ben Kissel here with you. Uh, Marcus Parks is on vacation. In rural Texas, if you were if you were looking to find him, yes, go go look for him. He's scavenger the one. hunt. Yes, you'd be like, that's Marcus. You'd be like, no, never mind. That's a chupacabra. <laughs> He's having a great time with his family. I'm here with Travis Morningstar. You all know him and love him from the uh, last stream on the left. Howdy! Check out the last stream on the left marathon on December 29th. <laughs> oh, big news, Travis! Papa John's. He's out. No longer the CEO of Papa John's is John Schnatter. He was the CEO. You've come to know him. You've come to love him. He's gone because of inflammatory statements he made about the players protesting in the National Football League. I think it's good. Good riddance. Get out of here. Interesting thing happening. And I, I know that's hard for me to say because my heart breaks. Because Papa's not in the house anymore. Papa is gone, and Papa's never coming back. Even absent father. I'm a little. I'm a little sad. Uh, but now, you know, I get two Christmases. Isn't that nice? <laughs> <laughs> Papa's gone. Uh, Vince McMahon. This is an interesting little side note, and we'll get into a bunch of stuff. We'll play some clips here of me discussing the tax reform bill that passed. Uh, also, I had a chance to interview Henry Zabrowski. You know him. You love him. Last podcast on the left, and of course, your pretty face is going to hell. We uh, we had a chance to talk about the new revelations involving ufos or ufos as some people call them to anger henry zabrowski <laughs> mainly myself man henry got into the mufon at exactly the right time i think he is going to be the the greatest mufon investigator I mean, he's, a brownie, of all time. he's a brownie scout yes, now, but he once is. he rises through the ranks he will he will and we were talking travis and i were talking before the show there's going going to be some brutal hazing uh, and i don't know what they're going to do to poor henry put a tail on him do something kick him around some a little probing bit. perhaps well it's the alien yeah. probe you sure you have to you have to experience these it. guys learn tor- torture techniques from the best Absolutely. You know, if you're a Marine, you have to get waterboarded before you can waterboard. So I would assume you have to probe before you can get probed. So Henry might be walking a little strange here uh, in the upcoming future. But if he is, you know he passed, which is good. So we'll play a clip there as well from the radio show this week. I talk about it for about nine minutes. You really get into uh, discussing Neil deGrasse Tyson being he's just a he's a he's a uh, you know, he's a a doo doo head. He's a a doo doo. He's a a, buzzkill. He's a party pooper. That's the problem with the guy. So we talk about that, and then we have Henry on. So uh, that'll be here uh, coming up in the episode. Of course, we also had the situation regarding the United Nations. Nikki Haley standing her ground saying, we are taking names in regards to the 128-9 to vote uh, in the United Nations, a symbolic vote. Does not matter, does not hold any water whatsoever. The fact of the matter is the U.S. Embassy in Israel will be in Jerusalem. They voted against it, uh, the U.N., but, of course, we have veto power. Nothing uh, they can do to stop it. Controversial, I understand. The UN, the are the vast majority of resolutions passed by the UN very anti-Israel, and I get there is a massive. You know what, Travis? Breaking news: There's a conflict over there, uh, and it's going to be very difficult to have peace. A lot of people are saying Donald Trump is disrupting the peace. Uh, talks. I don't know where these peace talks are happening. Uh, if you look at what happened in Israel in 2016 alone, the Israelis uh, injured well over 3,000 Palestinians, killed many more uh, Palestinians than the Palestinians were able to kill uh, of Israelis. 
this conflict continues on. And of course, going back to what we were talking about um, with the UN Resolution 2334, which is, of course, what Michael Flynn met with Kislyak, the Russian ambassador, about last December, uh, that was a resolution put forward by the UN that the United States ended up abstaining from. Of course, Barack Obama was still president at the time. The U.S. abstained because uh, we just we wanted to sort of we had a neutral position. Of course, the resolution was to halt settlements in Israel going further into Palestine. And I understand the Palestinian people in many ways are captives, uh, are uh, prisoners in their own country. I get that uh, Israel uh, has a lot of uh, they get a lot of uh, negative. Um, there was a lot of negativity directed at the Israeli people because of their very aggressive tactics when it comes to seizing land, specifically, obviously, uh, in Palestine. So uh, it's a complex issue. The moving of the embassy from Tel Aviv, which is a much safer place for an embassy to be, you got the entire country there, to West Jerusalem. So there is an issue here where some people say this is going to completely derail the idea of a two-state solution. In reality, West Jerusalem, that's never been a, that's never been uh, considered to be even a bargaining chip when it comes to giving that to the Palestinian people. So nothing really changes with the two-state solution. It can still go forward. Again, I don't know where these peace talks are, where they are. Look, <laughs> they I don't think, seem to be happening. I think Kushner has almost got it in the bag. Like, yes. He, he's yes. going to surprise us on January 1st <laughs> with a resolution. That would be powerful. Yes. Uh, absolutely. We'll, we'll build a Trump casino in the middle of Gaza. Everyone will come together and play slots uh, as one, which will be powerful. Uh, so that is it's controversial, but it's very interesting if you go back and you look at Herbert Walker Bush, uh, you know, David Copperfield. Uh, <laughs> he wa- he promised to move the embassy to Jerusalem. Didn't do it. Bill Clinton ran for office. Ninety two chastised H.W. for not doing it. Promised to do it. Didn't do it. W running for office in the year 2000. Uh, prop. Uh, Promised to do it, chastised Bill Clinton for not doing it. Obama promised to do it, chastised W for not doing it. So whether you like him or not, at least Trump said he was going to do it and he's doing it. Uh, We will see how that turns out. My big concern, as I've discussed on this show before, is it's going to be a a beacon for uh, extremism. We've already seen Hamas rioting for going on a couple of uh, about a week now. Uh, So there will be violence. There is no denying that. And the question is, do the does the benefit outweigh the bloodshed? Because there will be bloodshed. And my main concern, again, uh, is that we have another situation, another Benghazi on steroids or what just happened recently in Niger. When it comes to putting our embassies in very, very dangerous locations, I guarantee you there are some ambassadors who would much prefer not to go closer uh, to where the violence is. So that's basically where we're at with that. Nikki Haley, uh, I, I think she's been a stabilizing force in the Trump administration. If you don't like her politics, that's totally fine and understandable. She's representing the nation fairly well when it comes to her uh, presentation in the UN. It's not an easy job, and I would say she's one of the only statesman in the White House, because obviously we don't have one in Tillerson. We don't have one. We, we got our mad dogs and we have our we have our general Kellys and things like that. But we don't really have a statesman. And I would say that uh, she's the closest thing we have to that in the White House right now. Again, politics aside, simply basing that on presentation. Doug the Pug also followed me on Twitter. This is very big news. Big news, breaking news. Breaking news. Doug the Pug has followed me on Twitter. I'm quite excited about this new development. I firmly believe it is a dog that followed me on Twitter. I don't think about human beings interacting with Doug the Pug. I think he's an actual pug who is in full control of his social media account. The peace talks between Ben Kissel and Doug the Pug are finally coming to a head. Finally coming to a head. Feeling good about it. He is a cute little dog. Can you imagine him on his little Twitter being like, I follow Ben. And then he followed me and he really liked me. And I also had a chance to have some interaction with Wayne from the Flaming Lips. Very on exciting. Insta- Very exciting. What a week. I got Doug the Pug and Wayne uh, from the Flaming Lips. They recognized me. Isn't that powerful? It I is- just want to, what is that? Is it a senpai? 
Is uh, that the, yeah? What? Notice me, senpai. Yes, yeah, I was. I senpai was noticed. noticed by two senpais. Double senpai, and one's it, a pug. And why, well, you know what? Let's just imagine <laughs> them both in the same room while they notice. While they, they notice. Oh my you. god, I can't Doug even. Doug the pug that. on the couch. Wayne Coin. Oh God. I would definitely have to revisit my old uh, my hallucination days. I, I like might how he, he might slowed, have to nibble on some fungus for that one. I like how he slowed down your video too to make it seem like you were on drugs as yeah. <laughs> you were. That is, of course, a story. We were talking about this on the last episode of Top Ed, or the episode before, discussing the Mueller investigation, what's going on with the right. They're really trying to discredit the FBI. They're starting to lay the groundwork to discredit the FBI. One of the great ironies is, is I don't like the FBI. I don't like the CIA, COINTELPRO, the drone program, every single uh, predatory thing the FBI has done to erode our constitutional rights. But the irony here is the right was usually supportive of the institution of the federal bureau of investigation and now they're trying to make them seem as we talked about like some left-wing cabal hippie uh organization that is just hell-bent on destroying republicans newt gingrich sounding off as deputy fbi director andrew mccabe testifies before the house intelligence committee many questions likely to focus on that name peter struck he's the fbi agent previously assigned to robert Mueller's team who sent those anti-Trump text messages. Let's bring in our panel, political commentators Lawrence Jones and Ben Kissel. So, Andrew McCabe on the hot seat today, Lawrence Jones. As he should be, because this could destroy their entire case on Donald Trump or uh, the other people that they have charged. This goes to the witnesses. This goes to the investigators, their credibility. As a private investigator, Sandra, all the time we would get dirt on witnesses. I can only imagine if we would have gotten uh, dirt on the actual investigators. This, this case is closed now. It's likely that those will take center stage as, as it's very revealing that this was a man who had a clear bias against the president. I think this is making a mountain out of a molehill here. There is no liberal witch hunt uh, going on with the FBI in an attempt to get Donald Trump. The FBI isn't some hippie organization full of people who are covered in patchouli oil, wearing Birkenstocks and going to Flamey Lips concerts. They're serious individuals who take their job seriously and they're able to hold personal opinions and that does not necessarily uh, impact their uh, professional life. Of course, the Republicans are pointing to these text messages between Peter Strzok and one of his friends, a colleague, a gal. And uh, basically, he held personal opinions about Hillary Clinton, about Donald Trump, and about Bernie Sanders. Well, he said Donald Trump is a moron or something, right? Yeah, he, sent, he just sent accurate if, text messages to a friend. that's the criteria for which we're not allowed to judge uh, Donald Trump, then none of us can pass any judgment yes. on Donald Trump. Ever. Ever. Of, of course, you know, it's because Peter uh, was in charge of the Hillary investigation. He's the one who had Comey change the words from grossly negligent to something about incompetence, uh, being just incompetent, uh, because grossly ne- negligent is a legal term, and you know, you, you know it. But my personal opinion is uh, these are adults. These are professionals. I believe that they can hold opinions that are their personal opinions, and it might not affect their job, uh, very similarly to when I worked at Arby's. And you know what I don't like? I don't like their country fresh sandwiches, but I would tell customers they're great. Wow. It's lies. Damning. It's damning. I'm not, hey, I'm not going to get a job there again, okay? <laughs> so I think that there is a lot of, uh, as I said on, uh, on Fox News, a, they're, they're making a mountain out of a molehill and just trying to discredit the FBI. So in, if, if, if they do end up finding a direct uh, connection to uh, Donald Trump, They've already laid the groundwork. They've already uh, they've already dug up the soil to uh, to say, look, this is this is a biased investigation from the beginning. So their findings are therefore invalid. So that's their technique uh, going forward. When it comes to Al Franken, uh, flip uh, to the Democrats a little bit. He hasn't resigned yet, but evidently he's going to resign on January second. There are a lot of Democrats, Patrick Leahy being one of them, Joe Manchin being another one out of West Virginia, who are having sort of, I call it, groper's remorse, uh, who are a little bit, um, they, they don't want him to resign. Of course, they are individuals who pushed him to resign because there was that Alabama special election going on with Doug Jones versus Roy Moore, the man who was accused of being a pedophile in the context of that special election, then we have what happens here with Al Franken, with Miss Tweeden coming out 
a conservative talk show host uh, coming out and, you know, the whole story with the uh, with the USO tour. We don't have to rehash all of that. So the Democrats played a hand where they said, well, we'll purge our party if you purge yours. Obviously, Doug Jones wins that election. It would look horrible if the Democratic Party was like, psych, he stays, <laughs> you know, after he res- after he quote unquote resigns, he's going to stay because uh, we no longer need to use him as a political bargaining chip to show that we're so moral and righteous, which would be a horrible look for the Democratic Party. Uh, his replacement has already been appointed by the governor of Minnesota. It will be a woman uh, and uh, she will be taking over for the uh, for the uh, remainder of his term. So that's what happens. That's what's going on uh, with them. Again, going back to the XFL, Vince McMahon has said that he is going to restart the XFL. It's the Extreme Football League. All nude. I'm adding that last part, but I do think that would be the most extreme form of football. All nude. Uh, he wants to bring it back. It was in the early 2000s. He Hate Me was one of the biggest names to come out of there. And this guy, Number Matt, 30. Number 30. And this guy, Maddox. They both went to the NFL. There wasn't really a market for something like the XFL in the early 2000s because the NFL was still doing well. Um, But now we have a situation. Ratings are down with the National Football League. The rules have gone completely crazy. And we are breaking down our professional sports by political party. That's what's happening. Partisanship uh, and political ideology has infused and seeped into every aspect of our lives, what we eat, what we drive, what we watch, and now it's officially affecting professional sports. They want, this is according to Breitbart, of course, with Steve Bannon, who uh, some people have suggested wants to run for president in 2020, but I, I can't even, uh, I can't even, it's not happening. Steve Bannon is not running for president in 2020. In 2020, he's going to look like the fly at the end of the movie, the yes, fly. he does now. Yeah, I'm pretty, he's, he's, he's slowly transitioning. He's into the fly. <laughs> well, thank God we'll have the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles around <laughs> to save the day. That's right. They've- As pollution continues to rise and the sewers bubble up with ooze. We just need to start dropping turtles in green stuff Damn, and see yeah. what we can do. We got to start breeding them now. We got to make them. Forgot, we got to make them teenagers. I forgot that the teenage mutant ninja turtles fight Jeff Goldblum at the end of the fly. Cronenberg's yes, the fly. Like, it's it's a hell of a crossover. <laughs> it's perfect. Uh, but Breitbart has been reporting that uh, the XFL will come in. Uh, and attempt to, you know, really unseat or do some major damage, peel away that audience or take, get that audience that is peeled away from the NFL and make it a conservative league. Make it a league where people get to hit harder. You know, now the flags are going out. <laughs> Donald Trump actually went on a full diatribe about why he doesn't like the NFL anymore. Uh, you know, it's too weak. He wants he wants him to smash him. There's not, the, enough, not enough concussions. I think. There's not enough. Con- I mean, it's almost as if they forget they're human beings with families. And uh, but of course, the new rules of the NFL have been horrible. If you go back and look at that Pittsburgh Steelers game, the Yinzers and uh, the Patriots, that touchdown situation was a debacle. But what their strategy is. Make a league. There won't be any kneeling. I'll tell you that much. Not in this league. And Donald Trump tweets about the XFL. January 25th is when Vince McMahon is going to announce that it's coming back. If he's, he's having a press conference, we will see if he goes forward or, or not. But the theory is they announced that they're having the XFL. It's for real blooded, uh, red blooded Americans to watch football the way football was meant to be watched. And Donald Trump tweets about it. Watch the XFL. Big hits, big hits, great stuff. And then next thing you know, the XFL is off and running once again. Vince McMahon, obviously a brilliant businessman, has just sold over $100 million worth of stocks of the WWE. They're expanding globally. It's just so sad to me that we are living in such partisan times where we have to have two football leagues, one for the liberals and one for the conservatives. And it just... I. It's it's uh, just increasing uh, the divide in this late stage uh, capitalism that we're in. I heard if you uh, kneel in the XFL, they feed you to lions. Yes, that, that happens. True? Yeah, that is true. And inside of the lion, that's actually where the coin is. You have to fight it out of the lion's stomach. And if it's heads, you get the ball, which is so exciting. Um, also, when it comes to the tax plan that passed this week, huge victory for the Republican Party. And we get into it here uh, coming up when we play the uh, the Fox News clip because I break down some of the numbers and things like that. Take a couple of calls. Um, I got to get me one of those Mike Pence praise machines. My that God. was incredible. There are there are adult film sets with less fluffers than what happened over the week when it comes to the Republican Party 
just waxing Donald Trump's you know what. I mean, Mike, I have never seen. Did you see the clip of Mike Pence with the camera from behind his head? Good head of hair on Pence. Yeah, I yeah. say just two and a half minutes of straight praise. Did you watch that clip? Yeah, it was like uh, Donald Trump brought his own like pocket pussy to the conference. Basically, it really he was like pull pull Mike's string. I, I I set him to praise. I set him to praise mode. Pull his string. Two and a half minutes of just the. It was it was like watching it really was watching a South American dictator just just get bathed in the words that he loves to hear about how incredible he is. I believe Paul Ryan said it was magnificent, uh, magnificent uh, what the president was able to do. Orrin Hatch is up there. All these so-called adults, these men who are supposed to be so strong, groveling at the heels of this reality television show star, is it's just nauseating. And I, I, have, I will applaud uh, Donald Trump, and I will applaud the Republicans. I, the bill has some issues. They did get it done, and this is going to work out for them uh, in the short term. It's a short-term uh, fix for a long-term problem, of course, by 2027. All of these tax breaks, all of this stuff, uh, everything goes up, and uh, we'll see if this whole idea of trickle-down economics works. You know what? I have a feeling it might not. Let's try for the, like, the 30th time on this. Let's try. So the tax plan, we, we get into it. Uh, you know, the, the corporate tax rate, that's really what got people very upset, 39% down to 21%. And, of course, folks making over 400 and I think it's 420 k a year. Uh, you know, just getting a 2% deduction, a little bit more than that. I think it's like a 2.6% reduction in taxes. They don't need that, and uh, it doesn't really make any sense. Folks making under 10K, they stay at 10%. There's no break for them whatsoever. 10K and above, we break it down a little bit more. 10K and above, I believe it's to around uh, 20. That goes uh, from, uh, I want to say it's 15 to 12, but it's something like that. I saw USA Today released a, um, a graphic, and uh, they're like, if you're single, if you're a renter, um, you get this much money back, and it was like eighteen hundred. Um, so you like saved eighteen hundred on your taxes, and then the income for that person was one million dollars. Hey, all cool right, stuff. wow. Okay, so uh, <laughs> basically, single renter, you're John Wick from the movie John Wick. Right, right, right. You get a, if you're if you're making a million dollars a year, you're going to get eighteen hundred off uh, your taxes. Yeah, be great. You made a bunch of cash jacking up the price of the EpiPen. You get a, you get a wonderful, wonderful tax break. Uh, so we will we'll break that down a little bit further. Um, the Republican Party very happy with what they've done. Paul Ryan promising that you can do your taxes on a postcard. Uh, believe it or not, that was a myth. That was a lie. This is a, just as confusing of a tax code uh, as as uh, previous tax codes. First time we've had any tax reform in thirty years. Ivanka Trump praising uh, the uh, the corporate tax as the lowest since 1931. Interesting. I mean, you know, there is some miscommunication there. Obviously, the 30s, not a great time. Not a great time. But the economic collapse of 1929, some people say the, the taxes that came in in 31 helped the recovery process. So that's their... It sounds horrible because who wants to go back to the 1930s? No I mean, one. Civil rights, are they've never been better since 1939. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's a whole other thing. Um, so that's where we're at with the tax plan. So we'll we'll play some clips there. As a matter of fact, why don't we play the the tax uh, clips now? Corporate tax rate down from thirty nine point six percent all the way down to twenty one percent establishes a twenty percent deduction of qualified business income from certain pass through businesses. That's what we were talking about with your S corps and everything like that. Specific service industries such as health, law, and professional services are excluded, but joint filers will uh, with income below three hundred and fifteen thousand bucks and other filers with income below a hundred and fifty seven thousand bucks can claim the deduction fully on income from service industries this allows full and immediate expensing of short-lived capital investments for five years companies can pay a one-time low tax rate on their existing overseas profits 15.5% on cash assets and 8% on non-cash assets such as equipment wanting to bring the jobs back here to America. Now Donald Trump also feels as if he got uh, we, we what we call in the biz a twofer. He got a twofer here 
when it comes to passing a tax plan and gutting like a fish, like uh, like a fish uh, on that television show, Alaskan bush hunters or Alaskan bush people. I got cable and I'm dumber. I am I am getting so much dumber on a nightly basis. I watched this show last night, Alaskan bush people, and I was like, these guys have to be trashed. They have to be completely off uh, their rockers lit on Moonshine. Turns out that's another show called Moonshiners, which I found later in the evening. But evidently, the Alaskan Bush people, other than one of them who came out as an alcoholic, they don't take a liking to drinkers. But they they all look... They, like, they, they kind of look like they might have fetal alcohol syndrome. But I'm not making that. I'm not being mean. But that is... Anyway, they got fish. And uh, in this case, the fish is Obamacare. And Trump is saying that through the provision of no longer having uh, the individual mandate, this has, for all intents and purposes, been, as I just said, a twofer. Let's play Trump. People that I saw so much over the last month and really over the last almost year, because when you think of it, we haven't even been a year. And we did the largest tax cut in our history. (laughs) We, I hate to say this, but Uh-oh. we essentially repealed Obamacare because we got rid of the individual mandate, which was terrible. You know, I'm really wondering if he hates to say that. That's my concern here with Donald Trump. Single filers, uh, you know, the current rate for folks making less than 10K from zero uh, to 9,000 bucks is 10%. That stays the same, okay? So that's going to stay the exact same. And now we're going to start seeing where the cuts come through, right? The proposed rate for single filers making nine to 30, uh, 37,000 bucks. That's a lot of folks right there. That's millions and millions and millions of Americans. Their current rate is 15%. That's going down 3% to 12%. Okay, so this is when they talk about these tax cuts. Are these tax cuts going to pay for themselves? Oh, or this is, or is this why it's going to add over a trillion dollars to the deficit? Well, that's a whole nother conversation, but let's talk about what's going on here. So 37K to $91,000. Another, that's your, that's your, uh, peak middle class right there. 25% right now. That's going down to 22%. 91 to 191. Uh, when it comes to $191,000 a year, was 28. That's going down four percentage points to 24. Well, one of the groups that sees the least impact is your, I would say, upper uh, middle class folks of 191 to $416,000 a year. They're at 33%. That's just going down to 32%. Uh, and then, of course, the uh, the wealthy uh, individuals of 14, 16 to 14, 18, that stays static at 35%. And this is the one that gets a little people, a, a, a lot of people in a little bit of a kerfluffle when it comes to people who make over 418000 bucks a year. Their tax rate goes down uh, 2% from 396 to 37 So a little bit over 2%. And that's what has a lot of people uh, a little bit angry when they talk about uh, the middle class or the lower class uh, income uh, families not getting a break. Again, the current rate, 10%, 10%. But at the same time, those folks making 418,000 bucks a year and up and up and up and up, uh, they're basically uh, going to be getting a big, big tax cut. Do they need it? Well, that's a whole nother conversation. Interesting developments happening in Washington. A lot of the uh, the booze is flowing in D.C. The Republicans celebrating a huge victory. Again, rather, whether you like the Republicans or if you're like me and you don't particularly care for their brand. Uh, you know, both brands are so dang tarnished at this point. It's, it's difficult to tell uh, which side uh, you want to fall on. But nonetheless... This tax plan is a big, big deal. They will have to own it. And when people start to see the returns come in next year, if taxes do go up for a lot of individuals, which it is predicted the tax bill levies um, an across-the-board increase on taxes for Americans earning less than 75000 by 2027, according to an analysis by the Joint Committee on Taxation. Of course, 2027, a lot can change by then. And uh, if it's two, 2018 is the year that matters. If folks see a tax cut... Uh, that's going to benefit the Republican Party uh, greatly. 
All right, so there we go, Travis. We learned. We all learned a lot. Numbers. 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 All right, ladies and gentlemen. Without further ado, I feel like we've covered most of the stuff. It was a busy week. See, we got Doug. The we got pug, Doug the Pug. Wayne Coin. Wayne Coin. Uh, That's it. That's all we needed to cover. Pence topping off Donald Trump in the, the conference oh, room. Oh, God. Lo- just just in love with each other. Huge. Uh, we'll see what happens in the midterm. We will see what happens in the midterm. If the Republic. I mean, now, of course, we have the, the companies are giving everyone a $1,000 tax or uh, bonus and things like that, which is good. I mean, some people have been laughing like $1,000. What $1,000 is a significant amount of money. Um, certainly when I was... You know what was I, my average salary for many years was like twenty two thousand dollars. So you give me a thousand bucks, that ben, was a I would huge scratch deal. your eyes out for a thousand dollars. Yeah, absolutely. So that is a significant thing, and that is good. But let's move on here and let's talk about aliens. Uh, this is huge news. Naval pilot, a naval pilot, filmed this footage in two thousand and four. And Henry has a great theory that he brings up in our interview that I absolutely love, where it's like the CIA and the FBI are so pissed off with Trump that they're like, release everything. Right, Just release it all. Who cares? Because I think everyone thought Donald Trump would be the president to be like, I'm going to release him. I'm going to release all the, the documents. Yes, yes. But instead, it's looking like maybe the CIA is just like, no, fuck you. And we're going to leak it. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to leak it. So uh, this is that conversation. I talk a little bit. Be- uh, I talk for about nine minutes, and then we bring Henry on, and we uh, have a nice little conversation. <laughs> if you haven't seen the video, you got to check this video out. It was shot by a, ni- a Navy pilot, and it is trippy, man. Extremely trippy. It's about 30 seconds long, maybe a little bit longer than that. Shows this aircraft... Uh, defying gravity. I mean, it's totally nuts. It, and it has that uh, cliche kind of alien um, uh, alien feel to it. You know, it looks just like an alien spacecraft. Got kind of an orb situation going on there. Um, this guy, he's the former Navy pilot. He's described his eerie encounter with the UFO, insisting the wingless aircraft he witnessed flying above the ocean was clearly, quote, not from Earth. Has it finally happened? Definitive evidence. Aliens are among us. Fravor was on a routine training mission um, November 14th, 2004, about 60 to 100 miles off the Pacific coast between San Diego, California and Ensenada, Mexico. When he he was told to search for some flying objects that were dropping from 80,000 feet to 20,000 feet and then disappearing. At one point, Fravor and his fellow pilots came upon an object gliding near the ocean's surface. It looked like a white tic-tac about the same size as an F-18 Hornet jet fighter, 40 feet long, uh, but unlike a jet fighter, no wings. The object didn't create any air turbulence and mirrored Fravor as his fellow pilots' movement as they and his fellow pilots' movements as they got closer, then disappeared altogether. He went on to say, "As I get closer, it accelerates and it's gone, faster than I'd ever seen anything in my life." Fravor spoke out after the Pentagon confirmed that a top-secret initiative studied UFOs between 2007 and 2012 with a budget of $22 bucks. They waste so much dang money in Washington, at least this is for fun. Fravor's sighting was eventually investigated by the program, and a video of the encounter he described was finally made public this past weekend on Saturday. Awesome. It is awesome. I love it. Neil deGrasse Tyson, of course, he's, there's always there's always a little poop in the pool, though, isn't there? Of course, he says. I don't, by the way, Neil deGrasse Tyson. I know he's smart. I get. I'm an, I'm an idiot. I understand Neil deGrasse Tyson. You you know everything about science. Whatever. I think he's kind of a jerk. I don't really like him that much. I like Bill Nye. Uh, Bill Nye, the science guy, seems nice. Neil deGrasse Tyson, even though he sees the footage, he says. Call me when you have a dinner invite from an alien. It's all happening right in front of our eyes. What more definitive proof do we need? Aliens are existing. We want to believe that there's voter fraud in Alabama. The one thing we know for a fact, there are aliens in the skies. I jokingly tweeted out that in 2018, uh, my prediction is the Republican Party is going to blame actual 
uh, aliens for having uh, illegally voted for Democrats because the Democrats want an intergalactic open border. Which, who knows, the future may lie uh, in that conversation. Henry, I know you're ecstatic. What's up, buddy? Where are your thoughts right now when it comes to this pretty uh, chilling video that was released on Saturday? I knew it all along. <laughs> I want to say this right now. I knew it all along. I've been calling it for years. People have called me crazy. Yes. You yourself. You yourself have recorded words saying that I'm insane. But I have been right all along. Right. So people need to read UFOs of the National Security State by Richard Dolan. He's been talking about this for years. Uh-huh. This is big. This is massive news. And the fact that it's like num- on page nine yeah. of every news source right now is driving me completely insane. I understand the patriarchy is being flipped. And we, and <laughs> we have tax reform coming yeah. through. Yeah. Well, I what do you want to say? Oh, yes. What do you want to say about Neil deGrasse Tyson? I always think yeah, he's a bit of an uptight uh, tyrant in his own right. He says, call me when, they, when you have a dinner invite from an alien. There's still a lot of skeptics out there. Uh, it's, he's a shell for the government. <laughs> I truly do believe they yeah. are trying to poo-poo it down. Look at the cover of the New York Post. As mm. soon as the news hit, they had that picture of E.T. with him going, ouch, at the yep. very front of it. They want to mock. Because that is the first weapon of the security state, Mm -hmm. is that they have to make you look unreliable. Right. They have to make you look like it's a silly thing, but it's not. What they're trying to say is, this is a hope-giving message. I know that a part of the idea is, yes, who knows what these aliens' agendas are. If it's real, there are actual physical aliens from other planets. That's just one theory. I mean, it it is possible that this could just be their version of of, of a drone or something like that as well, right? It is quite possible. Or the fact that what if the ship themselves is the alien? What if mm. they are a mechanical thing? Or what if this is not, mm. if this is a weird psychic phenomenon that is created physical by the, me- the meeting of an mm. interdimensional creature, then it connects to our brains that are built like antennas, and essentially we manifest these, right. these objects into our space. I want to ask you... What it's saying is, is that reality is a lot bigger than we think it is. And this and would certainly blow have, it up, right? Yes, and a part of it is that, and, they, and that makes us less easy to control. Right. If you, if you can think outside of money and mm-hmm. the things are happening right on top of you, which is the last thing that they want us to believe. Well, money, you bring up money, and that's an interesting uh, part of this conversation as well. From 2007 to 2012, there was a secret program and it was uh, funded by $22 million. Uh, Harry Reid was behind this, former House Majority Leader. Tom DeLonge of Blink-182 uh, and a that's billionaire... That's money is. That's the ex- in music, yeah. So what do you think, what do you tell people, or what do you feel when you find out this secret government program was happening for those five years, $22 million bucks? How does that make you feel? Does that validate everything that you've been talking about in the past? I'm just saying, if you think it's just the one, I got a bridge to sell you, Pistol. Oh, it was just one program. You're right. lying to yourself. There were several of these programs. I think that it just shows all along. And mm-hmm. I, to me, honestly, I there is a. I, I think I made a little snarky uh, s post about it on my Twitter feed. Yes, but I do believe that the contempt that our president has shown for the intelligence community led to this. So I think that a part. Well, I think a part of what's yeah. happening because part of what it is also showing is how our black budget ops work. Mm-hmm. In the fact that this is twenty two million dollars that just disappeared off the table. God knows what else is in the national budget. Sure, that does not have to do with the innocent science of alien research. Right, right. What do you think now? Obviously, as you were talking about before, they want to discredit these people. They want to think about tinfoil hats and and um, and and people who hang out in their parents' basement. This guy, Commander David Fravor, uh, in your expertise on this subject and soon to be MUFON member as well, Henry Zabrowski, do you think that this is one of the most credible witnesses to come forward so far? This is uh, this is a very big deal. I think he is a very credible man. I think Lewis Espinoza is also a very uh, credible man. I think that the fact that it went through CNN and went through New York Times, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily believe they are fake news. I do believe that everything is sort of fake news. And you're part of the two, kids. Absolutely. Part of Not what I'm on air. <laughs> the, we are complicit uh, in the media. 
right. dealing with, with per- perpetuating what is what, what are essentially stories. But I think the fact that this went so far mm-hmm. shows it, they're making a point. This, uh, this is this is real. The program is real, and what they're saying is, <clears> is that they don't know what it is that they're seeing. Right. They have a warehouse of material that's getting people sick. They have footage of objects that they cannot explain, right. and it says all it says a lot more about them saying just straight up because that's what they've been fighting the idea of 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 controlling the message about uh the ufo and right. alien agendas is the fact that they're worried about coming out and saying we don't know what this is and that's the fact with what they said well they, and, i feel like they wanted to have some kind of definitive answer sure and because this does this does disrupt our whole idea of national borders national sovereignty as you were talking about this makes the world much larger it changes what governments want us to believe as far as reality also we, we don't know for sure if vladimir putin and our current uh our current presidency has an agreement like they did back in the 80s thing during an alien invasion. We would join together our government. Yeah, I was talking about that yesterday. That if, all, yeah. if all of this is some form of hologram created by these black object, uh, these black op uh, programs in order to eventually trigger the mechanism that would create the NWO, mm-hmm. that's also a possible end. To this scenario. There's a great movie out there, a documentary for our listeners. You have to see it. The Curse of the Man Who Sees UFOs. Some of the footage there is so definitive and just fascinating. What do you think uh, the UFO community does here going forward? Now we have national news coverage on it. We have a uh, former naval pilot. Uh, we have video evidence. What does the UFO community do now going forward? I pray to Lord Satan himself, that they are TV ready, and they do not come out and immediately embarrass themselves. Right. What I'm hoping is that they toe the line, you find furious people that know how to talk, and some funny people who know how to talk, right. and they don't have massive personal baggage that will allow them to be sunk immediately. Yes. All right. Let's go to. Need to be heavily vetted. All right. Uh, More of a more of a jokey question here off the Facebook Live uh, comment chat. Corey uh, Clear Larson says, um, "Ben, please ask Henry. I am a Swedish. I am of Swedish descent, blonde, but only five foot seven. Should I align myself with the tall Nordics or the Greys?" Um, go with the Nordics. The Nordics are the sexier ones. The Nordics also, they're, they're on our side. In terms of the Galactic Federation, if that is true, that there is an, internet, an, an intergalactic federation that we are a part of, that Eisenhower was involved in in the 1950s, right. and God is in there officially, um, the Nordics are technically closer to our alignment. The Greys are more neutral slash evil. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, man. I know you got to get uh, back to set. Uh, again, he is filming Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. That Saturday is at 10 p.m. on Adult Swim. Is that right? I, I believe it changes, too. Currently, I'm wearing seven-inch platforms and a giant blonde wig. Oh, you're so. a Nordic yourself. Yeah, the, I feel it. The I, first... feel, I feel, uh, yes, I feel good. I feel uh, Central European. The first ever Polish-Nordic crossover, Henry Zabrowski. All right, check out that show. Thank you so much, H-Bone. I love you, buddy. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, there it was. Aliens. Are they here? I believe so. What's it going to do, Travis? World peace? Yeah, I think that's finally what's going what's gonna to bring world peace is um, a new factor thrown into the game, a new challenge. There it is. I know Henry has been extremely excited, and if you want to... If you want to like find joy in the world, go to his Twitter feed uh, and just look at all the alien tweets. He is thrilled, and I cannot wait to see him develop I bet, as a MUFON investigator. I bet with our luck, the aliens are from like a literal prison planet, and they're here, here to enslave poor people. Could be. In which case, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> Could be. Who knows? Uh, yeah, Henry mentions the whole machine itself might be an alien. We don't know. Interesting. It is very interesting. Um, all right, everyone. That is basically the news of the week. Thank you all so much for listening. And now I will read a couple of emails because uh, on the last episode we talked about Bears Ears over there in beautiful Utah. And we got a good little response on that. So I will read some of these emails now. 
All right. The first email coming in about Bears Ears National Monument from Tyler K. He says, hey, Ben, just wanted to weigh in on the topic of Trump's decision to significantly shrink National Monument lands in Utah. Trump claims that this will be for the benefit of, quote, unquote, public, stating public lands will once again be for public use. Of course, what he really means is that the land will be now available for corporate interests to gobble up and exploit. There has been news in the last few days detailing a large uh, campaign by uranium companies lobbying for this in order to gain access to mineral deposits on the land. The quote-unquote public only enjoys the beauty of this land because it has been federally protected from such harmful and destructive exploitation. Tyler goes on to say, you mentioned in the episode that there is not a lot going on on the land, which is exactly the point. Not only is this considered sacred land by the Navajo tribe, it is considered precious treasured land to all of Utahians. It's Utahians. Look at that. The land as well as the other national park slash monument in this part of Utah is such such an extraordinarily beautiful area containing Native American history and absolutely breathtaking landscapes and natural rock formations. We enjoy taking LSD there. Well, then you know what, Tyler? It must stay how it is if you enjoy taking LSD there. We enjoy taking LSD. I love this guy. We enjoy taking LSD there, hiking around, camping, amongst many other recreational activities. Federal intervention. Federal intervention on the matter of conservation has been essential for protecting and preserving this history and natural beauty. It's truly a damn shame that this land could potentially be handed over to corporations and private interests to use and abuse and exploit as they see fit. Best, Tyler K. Thank you, Tyler. Appreciate the perspective, and I hope you have a great time uh, tripping there whenever you can. There is still some of it left. Please conserve the LSD lands. Please. Yes, that's, that's a heck of a pitch. This next one coming in from David Lyon. David, thank you so much, buddy. Uh, he says, hey, guys, big fan of all the shows. I was just listening to the most recent top ad. Heard Ben uh, ask for input. So here it is. Public lands are mostly unique to the USA, but we tend to take wilderness for granted. There are three main reasons why patriotic Americans should resist selling off or placing into states management, which is equivalent to selling off public lands. Number one. Most protected lands are protected because they have been deemed to be crucial to the environment slash ecosystem. We are dependent on our environment slash ecosystem. Number two, once that land is gone, it is very difficult to get back. The short-term economic boost from giving public land away will never outweigh the long-term values of wilderness. Number three. That land owned by the federal government is actually owned by American citizens. It is open for us to use for responsible hunting, camping, etc. Magustalations, Dave. Thank you, Dave, for that perspective. He wants to go hunting on the land. Don't shoot the people tripping on LSD. That's all I'm concerned about. Or maybe the people on LSD. (laughs) That's not what you want to see. A bunch of hunters. When you're tripping your nuts That's off? That's unfortunate because some of those LSD people are like licking salt rock and eating Yes. Food. Like they're going to look like a deer. I know it. All right. The next one coming in from Nate Schvenson. He says, hey, Ben, name is Nate Schvenson. I was introduced to the last podcast by my girlfriend and uh, he loves it. Okay. Thank you so much. He says, uh, first off, I think that I can speak for anyone who grew up and has spent significant time in Utah when I say that it is one of the most beautiful places on earth and the, and the natural environment there means a lot to everyone, even those who might at first glance seem to be opposed to conservation, e.g. anti-global uh, warming conservatives. With that said, the designation of Bears Ears has been a pretty polarizing thing in Utah. A lot of residents of the state of Utah were against Obama's order under the Antiquities Act that made Bears Ears a national monument in the first place. But a lot of people supported the various Native American tribes, Navajo, uh, Hopi, Uti and Zuni, I believe that's pronounced. I apologize if I mispronounced it. Uh, that had been pushing for decades to gain federal protection for land they considered sacred. Sacred. 
The most immediate impact of Trump's action is that a lot of formerly protected land will be open to development. While a lot of people seem concerned about oil companies gaining access to the area, a good portion of the land that is no longer protected will be used by local ranchers. Honestly, I don't think this is the worst thing in the world. The total area that Bears Ears was taking up was absolutely massive, and most of the land in terms of area doesn't contain spectacular natural formations or cultural heritage sites that need to be preserved. Farmers in San Juan, San Juan count... Uh, Count, count were adversely affected when bears ears became protected land and they could no longer graze their herds in areas that they traditionally could simply with the stroke of Obama's pen. And they have been uh, one of the most vocal groups fighting to have bears ears designation removed. Okay, an interesting perspective here. Apart from that, it seems pretty clear that this is that this move is a slap in the face to the Native American communities of Utah. These groups fight fought for years to protect these sacred lands, and Trump's order not only reverses that, but it generally seems to be an affront to the sovereignty of Native American nations in the Southwest. Okay, thank you so much. He says, finally, although Trump came in and reduced the size of these monuments, it's not going to be easy as that. It is an entirely unclear if it is entirely unclear if presidents have the authority to modify the size slash status of national monuments and legal groups representing various Native American groups in the area have already promised a long, long legal battle. Uh, thanks for all, thanks again for all the great content you put out. Hail uh, yourself, Nate. I appreciate you, brother. Okay, and one more here. This is uh, this one is coming in from Andrew. He says, "Love the shows. I know I'm five days later, but listening to Top Hat, he wants to talk about uh, Bears Ears and wanted to let you know that most of the capture of land was federally owned Bureau Land Management (BLM) land and State of Utah land. Very little land was actually owned by private land owners. Land breakdown was as followed: federally owned BLM land consolidated 1.35 million acres. State of Utah owned land over 100,000 acres and privately held land. Uh, just under 13,000 acres. The shrinking of Bears Ears returns most of the land back to the state of Utah, and I assume the Bureau of Land Management, though it looks like both of them already have plans for it. Just from a personal uh just from a personal read, opinion, and bias perspective, I question whether or not state ownership of natural resources allows them to be managed as effectively as federal ownership. Thank you, uh, Andrew, for that great email as well all right everyone thank you so much for listening and we will uh, continue to follow the bears ears thing it did not get a lot of press um because the press doesn't focus on anything that really matters because they just it's a the, the it's it's believe it or not it's a lot of gossip it's a lot of hot goss. hot goss a lot of hot goss but that's real that's real world stuff that affects the real people of uh of utah uh and especially the uh the native american tribes out there and i would have to agree Utah is one of the most beautiful places I have ever been in my entire life. I went and toured the Capitol, went to the museum, drunker than I ever expected as well, by the way. Of course, we were there for Comic-Con this past year. It was also uh, March Madness and St. Patrick's Day. So perhaps it wasn't a great indicator of how drunk they are on a regular basis. But my goodness, those Mormons know how to slam them down. So I was very proud of them. All right, everyone. I want to wish you all a very merry. We're saying Merry Christmas again. We're saying it. Saying it. We're saying Merry Christmas. So Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy holiday. Uh, we love you all so much. Thank I, you. I for hope s- aliens descend upon the earth on what a Christmas gift. Day. That what would a, be amazing. What a gift. The aliens are coming back to Earth on another Christmas Day. The last time, the birth of <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. Is that possible? It is. It is, according to a lot of ancient alien theorists <laughs> oh, yeah. or enthusiasts. Um, so thank you all so much. It's been an incredible year. Uh, I love you, and it's been so awesome uh, going to meet you guys all on the road. And um, we'll keep things going in 2018. I think this might be the last episode of the year. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll squeeze in one more, uh, depending on timing. All right, everyone, hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. 
Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.